It's easy to sum it up. We're talking about practice. Because it's about as casual as it gets. What's the problem now? That's a clown question, bro. I think we ought to send a beat in at least. World champions! Start playing with some jam in here. Let's go. Philadelphia, looking as only you can look. Woo! Here we go, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Diamond Club Podcast. I'm John Hunter. This is Chris Lahiff, and this is Danny the Pitchman Heart, and we have a special, special guest today, my guy Matt Breen from the Inquirer. Matt, what's up? What's up, guys? Thanks a lot for having me on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Matt, a little bit about yourself. Wanted to uh, tell the people who you are, what you do? Yeah, I cover the Phillies for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm from, Phil- from Northeast Philadelphia. And uh, went to the Phillies since 2015, so have not seen a lot of good baseball, but it's been better <laughs> recently. Still, still waiting to offer. Maybe this is a year, maybe not. We'll see. It'll, it'll at least be a, a fun final month of the season. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's actually how I wanted to kind of start this off. Uh, my first like question for you is: Is this the most up and down season you've ever seen as a as like a reporter for them and, you know, following them. I mean, you have a, there's a MVP candidate, a strong MVP candidate, a strong Cy Young award candidate. And some way, somehow there's still three and a half out. You would think that that would be like a, a recipe to, for success, right? Yeah. It would be pretty crazy if they have the MVP winner, they have the Cy Young winner and they don't make the playoffs, which like you said, it's very possible. It's probably, it's more likely that that happens than they do make the playoffs at this point, just going off like fan graphs odds. So, I mean, if that happens, it's just, it's insane. And I, inconsistent is probably the best way to describe it. You wake throw, you get swept in Arizona. So it's like, you know, you, you really never know, have a true feel for this team. And it's once you, you think the season's over, like that it was that Thursday when Eflin gets scratched, Hoskins um, says he's having season-ending surgery, and they lose that night to the Diamondbacks. I, to me, I thought that was the end. That was the most dire day of the season. Absolutely. And then they go out and win four games in a row So and, and score seven yeah. runs a night. So yeah. I, you can't have a feel for yeah, – I, I don't think anybody knows what this final month's going to be like. They can totally bottom out like they have in past Septembers, or they could win – rip off, you know, eight, 10 wins in a row, like they've done the last month. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I, you know, just like you guys, you guys watch this team every night, you know, I'm around this team and I, I struggle to have a true feel for what this team really is because it's, it seems like I see a new team. Yeah. I'm, I feel yeah. like, like you said, John, they got the recipe for like success, but they also have an absolute recipe for disaster. Like we have just tonight's game in general. We have Matt Moore starting, obviously not ideal. Freddie Galvis is leading off. Then you have Torres. Like you have Marshawn in the lineup. You have Matt Veerling in the lineup. Like, I mean, if you said that this was our lineup going into September and we're only three and a half games out, it's like, oh, it's a miracle. But it's like, it's, it's very inconsistent. We have... We're so star loaded at the top, I guess. Like you have the front, like one of the front runner for MVP and Cy Young, but then every night the six, seven, eight hitters tonight, even the fifth hitter in Bonifacio, who doesn't really belong in the MLB roster. It's just like it's it's so inconsistent, it's ridiculous, and it has to be one of like the craziest up and down seasons in recent memory, definitely. And we're still have a chance. It's insane. Absolutely. No, and and you're right. And then on, on you know sometimes you have Phillies fans who are like just they don't want they don't want the heartbreak they're like no i'd rather them not be good for the rest of the season i'm like why i'm like for me i love i love where we are right now it's exciting it's exciting to watch every night like who would have thought that we're going into the september 1st tomorrow and the phillies could easily be two and a half games out tomorrow morning like and if that doesn't excite you as a philadelphia phillies philadelphia phillies fan i don't know what does and he must have I think Matt got a little. He's been having a little bit of issues with his uh, with his connection there. Oh, good, good. all good. And you're back. And, and you're now yeah. I, I was on my computer. It crashed, and so now I'm on my phone. And I think it might come in a little bit better. This okay. seems yeah. a lot clearer. Yeah, it does. It absolutely. Okay. Yeah, all right. So, so I, I mean, sorry. Good, good. 
yeah, so I, was, I was saying, you know, that like, Philadelphia Phillies fans, like they're they're not being optimistic. They 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 want this team to fail right now, and I don't understand why. Because like I was as I was saying before, you got cut off. Is I love this time, September first. They could be two and a half games out tomorrow morning. It's fun. Like we've seen this happen before in 07. Like it's it's fun to watch. You know, and we always allude back to that these guys need the playoff experience. You know, are they going to win the World Series? Probably not. But when you get that taste, (laughs) when you get that taste, you get hungrier. You get hungrier for 2022. Absolutely. And, you know, when you get hungrier for 2022, it makes the rest of your team better. It makes, you know, possibly free agents want to come here and play for this organization, for this fan base. Yeah, and it makes the management. Dombrowski, obviously – more hungry himself to go be like, all right, let's go get over to home. They obviously, they, they were hungry themselves. They went, they tasted it a little bit. Let's make moves this off season. Let's go get aggressive, bring in a couple more pieces. Definitely need depth. We lack depth big time. Like uh, the, our outfield depth alone, like the Braves went and got Solaire Peterson and Duval. We didn't do anything for our uh, uh, outfield in the trade deadline. It's, it's hurting us. Like it's, they didn't do anything for their major league depth at all. Yeah. They have depth. I think they have. Like, this is the thing. I feel like there's a lot. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like, there's times where I feel like, like today I saw the Lehigh Valley, I saw the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs lineup. Yeah. That lineup, I saw a few guys that I would rather see up in the big leagues right now taking place for a lot of these guys or doing something. You know what I mean? Like, you could have, like, why not give Mickey Moniak a shot tonight over Bonifacio? Why not yeah. give him the opportunity? Because to be honest, anytime that he's ever come up here, he never really got an actual an actual shot. There was times where he would come in, he would they would start, he would start, then get lifted yeah. in the sixth inning. Then every there was time, he did every every time he played, and or when you bring him up, he was the hottest hitter in AAA at one point. They bring him up and they go, all right, well you're just going to pinch hit two days after you came up. How was that beneficial to him, Matt? Yeah. I mean, yeah, how, I, how, I, I, how, I, I, I totally agree. I would love to. I'd love to find out who Mickey Moniak is instead of just accepting that he can't be an everyday center fielder. Give him a chance. Yeah. Let him run him out there and find out who he is. He, like you said, he had an 800 OPS in AAA. See what that translates to at the major league level. Is he going to be a, like the number one overall pick superstar? No. no. But I'd like to see what he actually is, and the only way to find that out is to play him. But. It's obvious yeah. that they don't have confidence in that right now. Right. So, yeah, like I, and Mickey and Mickey's the only one who's actually played center field. Like he's the, the legit. Like he's played his <laughs> entire career. Like I, it, it boggles my mind sometimes yeah. with the moves they make. When I see yeah. him play, and I've brought this up, I think to Danny before. When I see him play, there's a lot of times where I see a lot of similarities in. Um, and obviously ben he's Intendi. not uh, Benintendi. Andrew yeah. Benintendi, when I see his approach at the plate, when I see a lot of things, these are the things that I've, and like his struggles, it's kind of, it's weird because I've, I've, I watched a lot of Benintendi when he was with the Red Sox. Haven't really seen much of him with the Kansas City Royals this year, but like when I see stuff like, when I saw the way he was, with, with that, I've seen the way he plays, he's a solid defensive player. He's not going to set the world on fire offensively, but he's okay in the, he can, he can do his own in the lineup. That's where I think Ammoniac could be, but. Again, how do I know? I haven't seen him. You don't really give him any opportunity to actually do anything. Yeah, he's only had we a chance to, to fail so far. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have to find yeah, it. You have what Bonifacio can do. So yeah, uh, you know, we had, we had <laughs> yeah. to know for the future. Yeah. Everyone needed to know what Jorge Bonifacio could do. That's what that's yeah. what was needed. Like so, that, I, I remember saying this in like one of the first episodes when uh, Moniac actually did get a chance to come to the major leagues. I said Girardi has to sit him down and be like, listen. We're going to need to see what you could do. You get you get a 30-game 30 30 sample. Don't have to worry about losing your job. Don't have to worry about losing the lineup spot. You're not going to get pinch hit for. You're not going to get double switched. Have all the confidence in the world and go play. Like, why Why exactly Why are we looking at Bonifacio right now? Why not give Moniak a chance? When are you going to find out what you have with him? You're not. You're just going to let him, like, fall through the minors the whole time and then just going to let him walk in free agency. Like you have to give him somewhat of a chance. Why not 30 days right now? You got to, if he plays well in these, this 30 game stretch in a playoff run, like that would boost his confidence, obviously for next year, big time. Like we need to find out if we have something with him and you have, and there's I, no answers right now. I can't imagine that he would do any worse than Bonifacio. Yeah. Am I, am I wrong in saying that, that he probably couldn't do worse than this? And yeah, it's he's not that he's doing bad. I'm not saying Battlefield is doing bad. What I'm saying is 
this is probably like you, you're either going to get much better or you're going to get better or it's just going to be same. right where he's at. Yeah, exactly. Like, so why not give him a shot? I don't know. Yeah. And, and having Moniac up here with Bryce Harper, I mean, it, it's it's we all know the right. We all know the leader of Bryce Harper. Like we all we all know. Like so. And I feel like that would be beneficial to him. And even with McCutcheon, you know, up here, like you got two veteran outfielders. Having Moniac on this team in between those two guys in the outfield, it, you can go nothing but up. Like if he fails, then he fails. But he's not given the opportunity to fail. Instead, we're rolling out a Dubal Herrera. We were rolling out Roman Quinn. You know, yeah. in our, our our center field spot was terrible for the first 30 games of the season. Like that very well could cost the, the Phillies a playoff shot because of how the center field play was and not knowing what we had with Mickey Moniak. Sure. Would Mickey Moniak have, you know, 15 home runs? Probably not, but we didn't know what we had. We know what wasn't working and we just never gave him the shot. Definitely. Exactly. Um. So another thing I wanted to talk about is – Matt, you have a you have a better uh, track on what's going on as far as like uh, the injury stuff like that. Real Muto, is there anything on that and what's going on with him right now? It seems like they were hopeful that he'd be able to play tonight, and that obviously yeah. didn't happen. Um, so they're I don't think they're going to play tomorrow just because of the weather. So yeah. we're looking at Thursday, a makeup game. I would expect him to be in the lineup, playing first base, possibly on Thursday. Um, I, I think his shoulder is probably a little bit more than, than what they're saying it is. It just it se- seems like that's – to me, that was more the motivation for him to play first base was because of the shoulder, even though they said it's, it's not. It's just a way to keep him in the lineup more often. But th- that plan came out, and then a day later, it, Gene Segura mentions that JT has a plan with a shoulder. And then Joe Girardi and JT both admit that, yes, he has a shoulder, but it's not that serious. But – it, it probably is. So imagine, imagine Gene Segura being the guy who breaks the news that he's hurt. Like <laughs> post game interview, Gene Segura will ever be allowed to do yeah. one thousand percent, one thousand percent. And then the ankle, you know, the ankle comes after that. So you you've already lost Hoskins. You can't you, you can't afford to lose Real Muto. So no. you, the Phillies have to hope that he's in the lineup um, Wednesday or Thursday, whenever that next game is. So I saw today, and that's another thing I want to get to, is uh, the Eflin and the uh, Reese Hoskins injury. I saw today that Reese Hoskins underwent uh, successful surgery today, which is a plus. I saw Dave Dombrowski mention that in an interview today, which is huge because we needed him to be healthy for next season. Um, And then Eflin. I mean, was that not the weirdest situation with him where he is back and then is and ends up getting put on the I.L.? Looks like for the rest of the season now, for the exact thing they apparently said he had when he was rehabbing. Yeah, it's just he's he's obviously had these knees knee injuries in the past, um, and I, he's a guy that wants to pitch. He wants to be out there, but I think he knew the whole time he was rehabbing that it still was not one hundred percent. And the day he was supposed to pitch, he flared up on him again, and that shut him down. And then a day later, he test, ended up testing positive for yeah. COVID. So that puts him out for 10 days. So now he can't rehab his knee with the team. He's, he's you know, quarantining by himself. So that ultimately – it was going to be a long shot for him to be able to re- – just if he hadn't, didn't have COVID and he just had the knee and he could come to the ballpark every day and rehab and work through that, it was going to be a long shot for him to come back in September anyway just because it was such a process to get to that point. And then once you take that 10-day window and you, you put him on a shelf for 10 days and then bring him back, it's just there's not enough time. And that's a tough loss because I know they haven't had this guy since, you know, late July, but it was a huge boost to have him coming into the rotation right before the final month of the season. And, you know, what you're saying tonight, this would be Zach Eflin's night to pitch. So yes. yeah. it's a, it's just a really, you know, that that's pitching is – the offense is great, but you, you need to be able to pitch to win, especially in September and if you're talking about the playoffs. So it's just a shame that the Phillies, you know, lost out on the chance to have him this month. Absolutely. I mean, it's it is, but and it's 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 huge. But like I mentioned this on this podcast before, um I'm not sure how many people really realize this, but in starts by Matt Moore, the Phillies are like nine and four. Amazing. Which is insane. It does not saying that he pitched great or well or anything, but some way, somehow, when he starts a game, 
they're nine and four in those starts, which is, in my mind, I think that's pretty impressive. And, and it's funny, they're, able to, they're able to figure something out for him to, to yeah, win where they win games. Game game one in the DS. Are you starring Matt Moore? Throw him <laughs> in. Throw him in. You have to it, it's, win that game. It's funny you bring up Matt Moore because the, you, yeah, I hopped on Twitter tonight, and the first thing I saw is I can't believe Matt Moore's still pitching after one inning. Meanwhile. Two weeks ago, it's like I can't believe they took him out after the sixth inning. I'm like, like Joey Girardi just can't get any love. And like, we're nah. we, listen, listen, me, me, Danny, and Joe, we're always John. We're always hard on Joe Girardi, you know. But like, like he, for me, I feel like he did the right thing, you know, taking him out there. You're trying to win the game, not try to not try to throw a no hitter. And if you see your pitcher faltering, it was the right move, you know. And there was only there was only one bad pitch that game. Unfortunately, it came from Archer Bradley, and it was a home run. It yeah. didn't mean anything. But Joe Girardi did the, the right thing. Like, who was Joe Girardi supposed to wheel out tonight? Like, like I don't know who you're going to wheel out. Like, Matt Moore has, like you said, he's 9-4. and four in, The Phillies are 9-4 and four in his starts, which is a ridiculous stat. Yeah. And it's I, not like they are choosing to put him in the rotation. There was, you know, yeah, forced their hand. He's a like, put yeah, him he's in the bullpen a, a couple of times. It's just you have nobody else to pitch, and you hope you get the best. You get you hope you get five innings. You're not, you're not hoping for six no-hit innings. He can give you five quality innings. That's all you can hope for. This is, this is going to end up being, and I hope anyone who's watching, any baseball fan, any well, mainly Phillies fan, realizes his saving grace on this season is going to be all the injuries that he that they were able to that they, they are, they're actually. It's crazy that they're three and a half games out and they've lost a starting pitcher. Their their best power at the time was their best power hitter. They lost. I mean, it's, like the McCutcheon feels like I felt like he was lost for for days because like he couldn't find himself. Like it, it's just Didi Gregorius has been out. Real Muto has been hurt at points. Bryce Harper was hurt at some point. Like it, it, there's been a lot of there's been so many injuries to this team this year, and for them to really only be three and a half games out in 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 what September one tomorrow is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's been the weird like like we said the weirdest season ever. Like we. MVP candidates, Cy Young candidate, and then we have a lineup like tonight, and it's just like how how the hell are we three and a half games out? Like we're it's been so up and down, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, if I, I mean if, if I sat there and told you that it, this if, if I just flat out just said this team has a had an eight game win streak at one point, they have a Cy Young award uh, candidate and an MVP candidate. What do you think they did this year? And then my next you sentence probably, was, people will probably be like, I think they probably you know went to the World Series. No. Nope. Yeah. You, you say that they're not, and then, they're not. They're just not there. And I and then I just say, yeah. And our our day before September first is lineup is Freddie Galvis leading off, Bonifacio batting fifth, like Veerling, Marshawn. <laughs> like the, the, the lineup is insane for a team that's only three and a half games out. Who are these guys? Yeah, for real. I, yeah. I, I, honestly, I'll admit this. I cover the Phillies at the ballpark almost every night. I did not know. Jorge Bonifacio was in the system until they called him. <laughs> neither did I. I, I Listen, neither did I. And I feel like I'm a Phillies guy. And I'm like, who's who's Bonifacio? <laughs> I mean, I, I this is the thing. I knew I know who he is. I had I no idea that he was there. I didn't exactly. I didn't know he was there. He's been there. I didn't know. Years, I didn't. So yeah. There's no excuses. We and he's been, that, but and I, I, yeah. And he's been raking. In, he was raking in AAA at one point. You definitely want to think of him as an option in a playoff stretch oh. at the end of the year, though. That's like he's our he's our yeah. fifth batter in center field tonight. Like it's crazy. Like the the fact that <laughs> I don't know, just like just such a ridiculous up and down season. We're so, so this, front heavy, and the back is just like what the hell is going? You just pick people randomly and just throw them in the lineup. So and that's about, lineup. that's the only like defense for Girardi is these are the pieces he has to play with. His the back end of the lineup every game yeah. is three. Minor league contract players that have never really even started in other places, and then you have Matt Moore pitching. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do? Like, game like today is a wash. If you if you can win this game, it's fantastic. But can't really expect them to. No, I your mean, first I... baseman tonight is Matt Vierling, who has played six professional games at first base. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, you lost Reese Hoskins. You don't have JT. No disrespect to Matt Vierling, but that that's yeah. who you're replacing that production with right now. And outfielders just throw him at first base. Like I get it. Yeah. Like he had a he had a great double A season this year, and he's played okay at triple A. But like Derek Hall is a first baseman, he's sitting in triple A. Like I get it. Matt Veerling did have a really good uh, double A year, but why not just give Derek Hall a chance? See what he can do. Like I I 
I guess it's because of Corbin. They throw as many right-handed bats in the lineup today, but it would be nice to see other options. Like I know he doesn't have many, but it would be nice to see what some players can do moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, I mean, what like what can we? What really can we say? I mean, the the the, the right. I have. We do have to. I do want to mention the whole the the Rangers trade, the trade with the Rangers. It actually ended up like this is has been probably one of the bright spots of this season was the trade with the Rangers. I mean, they got a closer out of it. They got a starting pitcher out of it. And it looks like they were able to rid themselves of misery. That was, uh, <laughs> which one called, uh, I don't even know. I forget what his name is right now. I'm drawing Spencer. a blank. Spencer oh. Howard. Jesus Christ. Spencer Howard. I would like, they were able to rid themselves of the misery of Spencer Howard. I mean, I think yeah. my, my my like, I, and I think we we all agreed here that we would have probably moved him to the bullpen first to see where he is there before just unloading him. But it looks like Dave Dombrowski was or and Sam Fulber just like, all right, we got to get this dude out of here. There's no chance that this is a success. Like this is this guy's going to be a starting pitcher here. So they moved on. I mean, Matt, do you think that was? I think that was one of the better trades I've seen the Phillies make at a deadline, probably since Hunter Pence. Yeah, it's it's as of now, it's a good trade, but it was a month ago, so I don't yeah. want to get. You, you, it's you can't judge that trade because you don't know what Spencer Howard is yet. Yeah. I'm not ready to like give up on Spencer Howard. I know he hasn't done good in Texas either, but there's still potential there. We saw what he did in the minor leagues. He flashed a little bit of that in the majors. Um, he's still a prospect, so I, I, we need to see what he does. But importantly for the Phillies. They have Kyle Gibson for Kyle Gibson for next season. Ian Kennedy has, has been decent in the ninth inning. I know he has some blown saves and he has some rough outings, but I think he's for going into the final month of the season. I think he's a dependable closer. So for the Phillies, they they got a good return. I don't. You you might say five years from now, oh my God, I can't believe the Phillies gave up Spencer Howard. He just won a second AL Cy Young or something. But <laughs> you know. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Spencer Howard has a chance to be a fine uh, middle of the rotation starter, but I don't think he's, you know, just a, you know, a bomb that they, you know, they gave up. I think he's yeah. he's going to be he's going to be fine. He's once he gets you know himself together out there. But for the Phillies, that's all you can worry about is what they got, and I think they got at the major level two, you know, two pieces that are contributing to a playoff run where Spencer Howard was not contributing to a playoff run. And they got a prospect back. The kid at that double A right now pitching good. Yeah. So we'll see. It's, it's just another, you know, you, you always want to restock the farm system. And they seemed like they were able to do that along with getting guys to contribute at the big league level. Yeah. I mean, I, and also, I mean, we, we've definitely seen what, what we're talking Jack about. Thomas, he's Jeff Geary. The Jeff Geary. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That's a great. That's a. That's a great G- reference. Geoff Geary. <laughs> um. So the. So I. I've definitely seen a lot of. Uh, we've seen a couple of different variations of this lineup this year. Um. Right now. Right now, where? How would you set this lineup? Up? No, I'm not talking about the Matt Veerling lineup. I'm. I'm talking about bring, put real Muto in the in in the first base spot. What would Spot your idea? Uh, <laughs> no, what, what, listen. At this point, I'll, at this point, we'll just say we'll say a doable play center, I, yeah. I guess. So, your ideal lineup, what would it look like for this team? I would. I like Oduble and Segura at one two with Harper three, okay. and JT fourth. To me, I think the only thing that matters in this lineup is constructing two guys to get on base for Harper and somebody to bat bat behind him. That is a threat. So yeah. like we look at, you look at Harper's MVP case and everybody points to that. He doesn't have any RBIs. Well, it's because he has such little chances with guys in scoring position. So yeah. when a guy is having a season, he's hit, he's having, you have to get people on base in front of him, fix that. And it looks like that's like the formula that they're going with right now. And it's, seeming the work of Duble finally is they're having production at the top of the lineup with him. They've tried almost everybody else this whole season and haven't had that. And you have to have someone behind them because you saw when JT was out, um, they just pitch around Harper. So it doesn't even matter if people are on base or, you know, what's going on ahead of him because he's not getting pitches a hit. 
So you need you need something behind him. And if you have those four in the lineup right now, obviously JT is not healthy. But if, I think if you're starting those four, one, two, three, four, that's ideal for me. Okay. So a big thing on this podcast we've talked about, <laughs> probably we've beat it into the, the ground. I am a huge Bryce Harper leadoff guy. As I, under, I understand that he needs it third because you want him to drive runs in. I definitely get that. But as to your point, we haven't seen – we haven't really seen guys get on for him. Right? Recently, we've seen, we've seen it happen. But him leading off, I feel like would be very beneficial for this team as far as him getting on base. Weirdly enough, he leads this team in stolen bases. I don't know, which is sad in its own in its own conversation. Um, we saw what he did tonight. He let off that inning and was just bunted one down, but down the line, and was able to get on base. His own base percentage is through the roof right now. The other guys that we're talking about are pretty much hit dependent. You have to; they have to actually get a hit in order for them yeah. to get on base. They don't walk a lot. Segura doesn't walk a lot. Oduble only walks sometimes and when he does he just he's more focused on a bat flip after the walk than he is anything <laughs> um i my ideal thing would be him leading off second would probably be probably segura i'd probably go segura two possibly even three just to have that but, but like have, having guys like that i feel like having someone like that to be able to what is it 231 with two outs yeah like it, it's just, it's 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 been very hard for that. But him leading off, Segura probably batting two, maybe go real Muto three, right now. I don't know. You could do you could do a lot of things with that. But him leading off, I think, would be very beneficial for this team for for how much he gets on base. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it, but I don't think his best trait is just working walks and getting on base. I think his best trait is. Um, damage and you know slugging yeah. percentages what he does i just think yeah he's I'm your best offensive threat and and it's just a bonus just like how hoskins has a great approach that often leads to walks but i don't think hoskins's best trait is that he can work a walk i think it's what he does you know when he makes hard contact and his ability to hit for power yeah and i think you've seen that with harper i, I get like you it's all it's a it's a discussion to have. I think it's, it's, you know, there's validity on both sides. I don't, I, I can see if they batted him lead off tomorrow, I wouldn't be mad you know, about it. Crazy. You, you could, you could back it up. Just like what you said, if Joe Girardi went out and said that tomorrow, like, you know, all right. I mean, that makes sense. But to me, if I'm doing it, I, I want, I want runners on base when he has the bat in his hands and the likelihood of that is batting him third and, I want him driving in runs. If he works, yeah. walks while he's yeah. trying to drive in runs, that's fine. Or if he takes a chance like he did tonight, button down the line to beat the shift just to spark something, that's good too. But more likely than not, you're going to see him swinging the bat and doing damage. And, and I just yeah. want guys on base yeah. when that happens. And one of yeah. my biggest reasons, one of my biggest reasons also, I'm sorry, Dan, but one of my biggest reasons for having him lead off another thing is knowing for a fact that he will have the most at bats on the team. He will make your best player will have the most opportunities at the plate. I know three isn't too far from one, but I'd I think him being you're guaranteeing that he does that, and I think that was also a part that was like appealing to me of him leading off. I know with Hoskins, I feel like if Hoskins was in the lineup, I feel like I would be maybe a little bit more sold on that than him him leading off right now. Obviously, I feel like he's pretty much handcuffed at three with with what they're doing right now because of what they don't have. But I think if you had, yeah, if you had, if you had Hoskins, you might be able to slide Hoskins into two, and then Segura three, then Real Muto four, and that could work out as well. But these are all things that they don't have. They don't have Hoskins right now, so that kind of hurts that. But that was that. That's been. I was barking up that tree all year. It was just good to hear somebody else's opinion on what they felt on the lineup as well. Yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. actually a guy who knows baseball. Like it, it's, yeah. it's just I don't want to bounce lead off because he's an RBI guy. And we all know what his RBIs are. But they're just not they just weren't there this season. Okay. Yeah, the problem the problem yeah, the problem with our lineup is Harper is the best third hitter on our team and he's also the best leadoff hitter on the team. We don't have <laughs> we don't have that prototypical <laughs> leadoff guy. We don't have the on-base guys to put in front of him. 
Like Gene, no. I love Gene. He he hits the ball well, obviously. He's not that on-base guy. He barely over 300 for his career. And then everyone knows Oduble is the most streaky player in baseball, pretty much. Definitely on the Phillies team. So it's like we are handcuffed. Like what what if you want to bat him leadoff? Like we all we talked about it all year. Like, yeah, I, I would love that right now. And then I mean Segura behind him, I think works well just because of his approach. He goes other way you open up the hole between first and second that would be huge for Segura. so like them two alone i think will be instant offense but then with, like behind it it is tough but uh yeah it's just we we don't have many options and it's, it just hurts that we don't have them proto- prototypical leadoff guys like we talked about it plenty of times if we went and got star lamar Marte, that would have been fantastic a player like that like if we went and got that guy at the deadline that you could just put in front of harper then it would be nice right. but we just don't he, have it he just he just set the record. He's got 20 stolen bases in two different leagues in one season. <laughs> yeah, Marte's so, had a he, crazy, crazy season. I, I think I, I, I saw yeah, that he has the high. I think I saw that he has the highest F4 in the second half. Yes. Well, since the trade deadline or something like that. Like he's just since the trade deadline. Yes, it's just been insane what he's been doing for the American. Like in the American League, he's got the highest F4 in the American League in the second half. He hasn't been yeah. thrown out stealing since he's been in Oakland Athletic. And Oakland's a huge park, so you're going to. I feel like they always get higher. Your WRC plus and all those other numbers skyrocket because of how big the park is. So it's because it, it's all park adjusted. So it makes you look yeah. them things different. But like, but yeah, I mean, I, I've I've been just uh, this year has been one of the more fun years to watch. It's crazy, I know, but like watching guys like Harper has made this team fun to watch. You've been, it's been fun to be able to turn on the TV and be like, all right, well, they're, they might not be looking that great, but hey, at least we have something to watch. It's Harper. He's, he's been killing it. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, where do you think he ranks offensively? He's only been here for three years, but for the offensive players since probably, I don't know, I saw someone ask a question about Mike since the Mike Schmidt days. Is he one of the? Is he in that category of where Mike like of the the Mike Schmidt of the world, the the Ryan Howard three season stretch that he was in, like when he was just unbelievable. Um, was that two thousand five to two thousand seven? Was like there's three years of which was wild how good he was that year. So I went back and I actually looked at this, and from two thousand five to two thousand seven, Harper has the same. F war as Brian Howard did in that stretch as a Philly in the three years that he's played. And he still but, has about him and he still has a month left. War is I was looking at this just when I was looking at Howard's um, Hall of Fame case. War mm-hmm. does him like no, it's no justice. Yeah, it's tough no for first baseman yeah. to separate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So is like even when he when he in 06 when he hit 58 homers, his war was like super small I, I don't have the number in front of me but it was not what you would expect 58 homers to be so i would look at like what's Har- harper's ops plus and compare that to what what was howard's what was mike schmidt's in 1980 yeah um but i think it's hard to judge his overall just because of the sample size is so small three seasons yeah. but to me and i a think 60 game season at, Bob. yeah but Philly in Philly's history, it seems like every generation has that player that, like you said, you, you turn, tune in to see, and and you tuned in to see Harper. This generation, you tuned in to see either Howard or uh, Chase Utley. You tuned in to see Mike Schmidt. You tuned in to see Dick Allen. So there's always that guy, and and, yeah. and for this generation, it's Bryce Harper, and he's having a historic season. On in. MVP wise, but also in Philly's history. So, you know, his OPS plus compares to Mike Schmidt in 1980, which is just insane. So I think when, when all said and done, Bryce Harper will be up there with, with those, with those guys. But right now it's just such a small sample size that you can't really place him in Philly's history. But, but I think we all know where this thing is going with him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ryan Howard posted a 5.2 to war in 2006. Yeah, that's like one month for Bryce Harper. Is that Fangraphs or or Baseball Reference? uh, Fangraphs. Are you a Baseball Reference or Fangraphs guy, Matt? Uh, Baseball, well, it matters what I'm looking for. I think Fangraphs is a lot easier to find on the leaderboard. Yeah, there's just – I guess you need need to know what what am I looking for. But both sites are great. They're both – I don't know what this job would be like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I, I can't love imagine and John, John and Danny got me on fan graphs. I love baseball reference, but they got me on fan graphs. In the beginning of this, in the beginning of this podcast, Chris used to like just laugh at me because I would always just be like, "All right, well, I'm looking at fan graphs," and he'd be like, "Dude, stop with the fan graphs." Like, it would, but like, but like, I'm like, but like, I, I am. I'm, I'm weirdly addicted to like, like I look at numbers every day. Baseball has been my life i feel like like i i almost like i don't know what like you you have you i feel like it's got to be ridiculous for you it's literally your job but like me just as a like as a as a fan it just it's crazy how many times my phone has fan graphs all my tabs are just yeah. players it's ridiculous he uses like, his phone for to grant fan graphs yeah there's just everything <laughs> my whole house just has fan graph stuff all over it it's you got, you got three no. tabs of just jorge bonifacio yeah, <laughs> trying to baseball reference has it. I have baseball reference up. Uh, it's everything for Jorge Bonifacio. But yeah, man, it's uh, there's a it's it's very uh, it's very interesting. And when we talked about uh, we've been ta- we were talking about the Phillies uh, the farm system and you know everything down there. We recently saw a shakeup, a little bit of a shakeup with Dave what Dave Dombrowski did. There's a lot of moving. There's a lot of different things that went along with it. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you uh, get? What did you get out of the uh, the shakeup? Marshawn just hit a two run homer to tie. I thought that. Oh yes, beautiful. I'm a big Marshawn guy. Big Marshawn guy. Dude, I love Marshawn. I was reading baby, your article today. Baby, baby chooch. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was very significant, and to me, it was. Um, foreshadowing of what this offseason is going to be like. Yeah. I, I think this was, you know, Dave Dombrowski came in for a reason. He he watched for eight months, made eight months, made some really big changes to, to remove the farm director. That's a, you know, really a significant change. And to remove the assistant general manager, Brian Manetti, that oversees the farm director and the scouting department, that's a, that's a big change. So, we're going to see what, what his off-season plan is, but I, I think it's going to be – he's not going to sit on his hands and just look at the roster and, you know, say they fall they fall short again in September. It's not going to run it back next season. So I think you'll see changes there. You'll see more changes front office, more minor league um, coaching, instructing types of changes. And what I think happened is that, like, I know we, we probably all agree that analytics are super important. In, not only in baseball, but in all sports. If you want to win, you have to embrace analytics. You have to use it, but you can't let it guide every decision you make. And, and I think you saw that a lot in the previous front office, and that seeped down to the minor league level where they went super far left with um, you know, these advanced analytical teachers like um, Driveline, which is, a, again, it, it's a successful company in suburban Seattle that has a lot of success stories with guys going out there and learn how to throw harder and, you know, really becoming great pitchers because of the time they spent in driveline. But the Phillies went a little too far and they, they just started hiring almost everybody that if you worked the driveline, you were going to job in the Phillies minor league system, it seemed like. And they just retooled everything and they just changed it all. And look, look at the results. There, there's, you know, hard. That's why you if you're struggling. You're pulling up Jorge Bonifacio because you, the talent is just not there. They're not developing talent, and I think that's a big reason why. Just the direction of this, this minor league system in the last few seasons has just went way too too left. You need to bring it in the center. I'm not saying go old school and go you know the way they taught in the 1980s. It's bring it in the center. Use both the bet. You use your scouts. Use use the analytics and bring it in the middle. And I think that's what you're going to see when they hire a new farm director. And to me, I thought that was really significant change by Dave Dombrowski for him to come in and see that. And the last thing is that you go back to the John Middleton press conference that when when he fired Matt Clintack and and he said that the Phillies historically have a challenge to develop talent historically to do that so what's the first thing that dave dombrowski addresses really it's really the first significant move besides that spencer howard trade that he did was to address why this he believes they don't develop talent and there, there you go yeah thank god somebody did it yeah and we had said that in the beginning and like when we first started doing this podcast about dombrowski we were like he's just not going to sit back and just if this team is like 
in the hunt, he's going to go make that trade, whether it's for a closer or for a starting pitcher, you know, and he went and he got both of them with the Spencer Howard trade. And he got a young arm in Hans Kulte. I, I can't even say his name. Kraus. Kraus. Hans Kraus. And, there it is. Yeah. One on one Hans Kraus. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I didn't butcher that name. But, yeah, no, like, like we said that, that, you know, Matt's 100% right. Dombrowski just didn't – he didn't sit back. He made the moves. And he's holding our farm system accountable, and I, and I, you know, as a Phillies fan, you have to love that. Like, and if you don't, I, I, again, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, so I saw, I, I was reading the, uh, the I'm, I'm, Matt, I'm sure you do, I'm sure you do as well. Could do with your, your job. You read other people's stuff as well. I saw, uh, I believe it was Matt Gelb wrote a uh, piece on, uh, on like the whole shakeup and everything that happened, and when I read it. I saw some parts of it that I was really, really impressed by. And the one thing that really impressed me is that he, like, well, not like impressed, but like I noticed is when he said that the Phillies, um, what happened here? He got away. That he said that, um, the, uh, the, he just didn't feel like all the levels were on the same page. And obviously that's a, huge detriment to the players that are moving forward and going anyway because that's there's different teaching styles as they went up the ranks i mean you don't see that in tampa you don't see that in st louis you don't you know you don't see that in the in the the prize places that usually have pretty solid farm systems yeah yeah i think what dombrowski was saying when he when he what he meant when he said that was that you had some old school instructors you had some new school guys and nobody saw eye to eye and could agree and and it's it's fine to have different philosophies different outlooks on life but like you have to if the fit what the phillies want to teach is what everybody has to agree on so you know you can't stick to your principles and, and that's what it sounded like they were having down there just a kind of like a culture clash and it just it didn't work and it was they, they took a swing i'll give them credit on that they they tried to maybe catch up because the Phillies were pretty far behind in, in analytics at, at the minor level, major league level. So this previous front office took a big swing and, and it just, it didn't work either, either way front office. I mean, major league level or minor league level in the past five, six years. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it, it's just nice to see. I mean, we've saw, we, we've seen the way that Dave usually goes about things and minor leagues is usually something that he depletes. It seems like that used to be like his thing. When he was in Detroit, he did it. When he was in, definitely when he was in Boston, he did it. I mean, he got rid of yeah. Kopech and he got, which probably, which honestly wasn't a bad move. He got yeah, rid of Kopech and got rid of Yamankata for Chris Sale, but which ended up winning them a World Series, the Red Sox. But then it still set them back though, because there was other moves that got made that got made that ended up setting them back even more. But either way, like like the, we've seen that style and what he does. So that alone, we were kind of like, oh my god, like. Is he going to come here and deplete a farm system that really doesn't have much? Like I was nervous at the I was nervous at the deadline that he was going to, you know, pull a crazy move and try to move Bryson Stott, which I think yeah. would have just like I, I don't know what he was going to do. Yeah, I think because I've seen him do stuff like this before. Because <laughs> Moncada was the best prospect in baseball at one point, and he was like, "All right, you're out." <laughs> like yeah, Kopech that, was the best pitching prospect. <laughs> That's all yeah. we knew about Dombrowski. And yeah. so watching afar, so at his first press conference, when he said that he really liked McAble, he just said, like, I really like that kid the Phillies drafted last year, the, the pitcher. I like him a lot. I'm like, oh, there we go. He's traded. He's gone. Yep. <laughs> you know? But, he gone. I think, but seeing how Dave Dombrowski works in this first season, I think he, he understands the value. Obviously, he understands. He's been around the game for a long time. But I don't think this is a guy that is just – looking to unload every prospect as soon as he can, which is kind of what the outsider, you know, casual Dave Dombrowski observer, like we are, we all were for the past, you know, 15 years, kind of thought of him. I think you're going to see a guy that's going to develop talent. who's going to try his best to develop a minor league system that develops talent. And, and if he can trade some of that to get a World Series ring like he did in Boston, I don't so think good. anybody's going to complain about it here. No. Yeah, I, I, I think I, that's, the, that's the number one thing is winning. Yeah, I think yeah, he he realizes develop guys. So that's that, what I'm, that I was, exactly. I think he realizes here that he needs to build a farm system that he can deplete. He doesn't he even have trade. one. Like yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> right. He doesn't. He has a couple pieces, but that's it. Like he needs to yeah. change every all the player development issues that we have in order to build a strong 
farm system like the Rays always have. They they yeah. can just trade their prospects and try winning now, and they don't even have to worry about signing players because they have a, a just a, a beautiful system there that they just recycle talent, send them away, try winning now. It doesn't work. All right, we have forty four more prospects that are going to be coming up. Like what what they do every year, like obviously is the model for success. And 100%. I think Dombrowski came here realized I don't have them options. We need to build them options. And even this year alone, like I think his, his impact has already been felt. Like you have players like Luis Garcia, who was a huge prospect for us, kind of fell off having a good season this year. Cornelius Randolph didn't play well his whole career, having a decent season this year. Like you have a couple of players having not, not bounce back, but like they made improvements that they weren't making. And then like players like Stott, he's having a, a ridiculous August, a great season all around. Like players are seeming to actually develop this season, which hasn't happened in the past few years, or since we've probably all been alive, actually, or play, player development's always been terrible. But, yeah, I mean, you always the, the key to a successful franchise is, you know, your farm system. Whether you're putting the product on the field or you're using those assets to make trades. And that's what made the Phillies so successful between 09 and 011. Like, they were trading their prospects, getting the Roy Oswalds, the Roy, the Roy Holidays, the Cliff Lees. And then, unfortunately, after that, they didn't develop anybody from 2012 until the end of right now, where we're at now, where all of a sudden Bryson Stott is a stud who's hitting 400 in the month of August. Um, Mickey Moniak, we know what he's doing. Mick Abel's been Harper. He's been hitting the bar. Bryson Two run, two run single. All right. Beast. Wow. That's Can't good. do that if he's batting leadoff. <laughs> MV3. This late in the game, he can. You know what? You know what, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it's the sixth inning. Right, it's the sixth, not the first. He has a picture off be ahead of him. He'd have the eight-hole guy. Uh, Whatever, Matt. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Matt. Well played. <laughs> so, Matt, I have I have two more things before we let you go. Um, one, how much should we believe in this team? I think it comes back to the we don't know, right? I, I just think it's enjoy the final month of the season. If you're a Phillies fan, you probably invested a lot of time into this team already. And the goal is to get you to September and to still have a shot. And like Chris said earlier, he loves this time of year. You're three and a half games back. And that that's what it is. That's what that's what you watched for all summer. So believe. Why not, right? I don't know if this team's a playoff team. We're going to find out. That's what's going to be fun. But there's no reason to – you know, to tune out now. This is this yeah. is what you waited for, and it's going to be fun. I, it might be a disappointing, crushing season, crushing finish like it was the last three years. Maybe this year's different. It kind of, it it feels a little bit different. If there's a, any of these teams can make a run in September and chase down a three and a half game deficit, I feel like it's this team more than you know last year, year before that, or the year before that. Yeah, why not us? <laughs> um, oh man. The Phillies just blew their uh, their seven sh their seven uh, run thing. <laughs> uh, I was hoping runs. they were going to win seven five. <laughs> now we just start uh, an eight run streak or yeah, twelve, um, whatever we <laughs> end up with today. And Matt, my or, last... yo, John, earlier earlier you said, do you think this Philly team scores seven runs tonight? I, was, I didn't think yesterday's would, so I don't think so again. But why, here, why we, not? here we are. <laughs> Let's put up my piece. And meanwhile, Verlander or Verlander, Verling let off the inning with a single, and then Marshawn yeah. hit the home run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it is what it is. That bottom part of that lineup that you were crushing earlier, Dan, started to work out. <laughs> no, that's all you have um, to do is you got to talk a little shit, and the good things happen. Right, Matt. Matt the, the big thing on this, the big thing on this podcast is me talking shit on uh, Odubel Herrera and him doing things well as soon as I do it. So it's been happening forever. So that's I wasn't able to talk anything bad about him tonight because he's not playing, but. We'll figure it out. Um, my last thing that I want to talk that I want to talk to you about, and this is something that has been a big, 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 big issue with me. How do I get followed by the Phillies? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, can, can we figure this out? I think you're on the right, uh, you know, attempt here. You're just tweeting at them. You're being aggressive about it. Yeah. And eventually, they're going to have to give in. Have you? I don't know. Have you ever seen the show? Have you ever seen the show? You? No. Familiar? No. I have. I've never heard of it. The guy's a stalker. Uh, uh, that, I told him. So, so today, I posted. Uh, so I, I, I'm a Union Glazer. So like I, I work downtown, and okay. I have a clear shot to Citizens Bank Park. You just watch <laughs> it from <and> afar. 
and I've told them today that I've been watching that them from is... I'm watching them from afar, and uh, I told them I feel like uh, the guy, the main character, Joe. Joe Goldberg. Yeah, and at the end, I just said, "Love Joe on." Yeah. And I'm hoping that they, I'm hoping that they get the the the, uh, the picture here. Um, I just don't understand why I'm. It's just so hard to follow me. You know what I mean? I, How many people do they follow? It's like a, a Matt, lot, right? It's not like a small amount. Definitely. A, a no, lot. they follow. Yeah, I mean, they follow. They. It's weird. The people that like they follow 332 people. Which isn't that's a crazy not, amount. That's, that's not a lot at all. Considering actually. they get followed by one, they considering they're they're followed by 1.8 million. That's not a lot. That's not no. a lot. That's a small, small percentage. But the people that they follow is I'm my. Sure there's some questionable ones in there. Yes, and some. That's, Matt, some. that's been, that's been wow. the that's been the topic here this whole time. It's been it's just very random. And I need to know if they work for the organization. Once we go off, I'm going to ask you some questions about the, about some of these people. <laughs> and I want you to tell me if they work for the organization. Because that I feel like you would have a better understanding in this. And I think that that could be the, the, be the success. I think, I think you can be 333. You deserve I think I can. Matt, and you know what? I think someone like you could be my, could be my saving grace here. You could be someone who could definitely help me out here. Well, I, I, will, I will say this. The guy... One of one of the there's three there's now there's two there's a, a woman and a man that run the social media accounts for the okay fix. okay and, and the guy sits in the press box a lot and he sits about four seats down from me so next come on Matt I will I will Take drop his a phone. little note <laughs> Matt if you do that Matt also I mean. I've noticed that you don't follow me either and I and we've been we've been it seems, it seems like me and you yeah, have been I we no Matt each other. I thought I followed you. No, and we've been, and it seems like me and you've been best friends for like the last like week or so. We've been talking a lot, and I really wish that could happen. I, we I go, honestly, I honestly thought I followed you. I, I let's, will follow you. Let's make it happen, Matt. Let's make it happen. Yo, John, uh, you, you happen to mention you talk to Chef on a duel, but it's a, it's our, uh, pinch hit single. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's what we you know do. What I mean? We talk it shit and get results. This is and, what uh, happens. Also, how does your foreman or Matt, if you can um get John followed by the Phillies, that'd be fantastic. Just so his foreman can stop asking him, why the hell are you on your phone in a harness? And you're just like, <laughs> just trying to get followed by the Phillies. Why are you hanging off the side of the building, waiting for <laughs> yeah. this, for, taking pictures of the Philly of uh, Citizens Bank Park? John, listen, cleaned that Matt, window three if, times already. If you, if you, that's, <laughs> I, I think this could happen. I think this is going to happen now. Oh, um, get that done. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. But Matt. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. You uh, you answered. Had a lot of fun with you guys. We had a lot of fun, and we hope to see you come on here in the off season. I mean, do you go to the winter meetings or anything? Do you do any of that stuff? Yeah, ho I mean, hopefully it's not virtual. Last yeah. year it was all virtual, so okay, it's kind of we'll see where the world's at. But you know, if it's if there's a normal winter winter meetings, GM meetings will be at both of those. So okay, because I would love I would love to have you on. After, before, whatever you want to do, I would love to. Yeah, I would definitely. love to talk to you. Definitely, that's that's awesome, Matt. Yeah, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we appreciate it. No, I'm awesome. saying thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And hit that follow button, Matt. Oh, <laughs> I, I will when the Phillies do. <laughs> well, well, played, Matt. well played, Matt. Well played. Well played. Well played. Well played. Well played. You're right for well the jugular. The whole organization's <laughs> pulling at your heartstrings. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you. There you guys. All right, bro. All right, that was Matt Breen from the Philadelphia Inquirer. He is their beat writer. Uh, what a guest, man! That was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Nah, First guest of the of the career of the Diamond Club podcast, and it was a great one. And it was and it was a great one. We had Absolutely. we had great, we had great oh, we got, interaction from everyone. So and nothing was inappropriate, which is always a win. Not not so, yet. Stop it. Stop it right now. But no, John, we got to um, send him. It was, John, it was we got to send him a shirt. Absolutely, I was going to say that. Send him a shirt. Uh, yes, and we will. I, I mean, I'll. Me and him are best friends now, so we'll be talking. Yeah. Let me tell uh, you that my best. But friend. um, but yeah, I mean, a big uh, a big thing that I did want to talk about after Matt got off is uh, I want to discuss uh, our t the t shirt situation. Uh, Dan, me and me and Danny are going to be uh, his Dan. What did we decide tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, at least tomorrow, at least Thursday, whatever day. Them. Yeah, at least get them separated yeah, we'll separate tomorrow. Them. And then yeah. either tomorrow okay. or Thursday after work, I'll come pick up my whatever, whoever I got them for so I can uh, distribute them probably Thursday. 
Yeah, especially if the, weather, if the weather's if the weather's terrible tomorrow, like they're saying Mark, it is. Yeah, I don't, we'll I don't feel like it. driving around dropping off t-shirts, but at least at yeah. least you may, maybe get me a box and just put all my shirts in there. Yeah, so just I mean, we'll, and then we'll get everything out. We're gonna, but uh, the next shipment, we're me and we'll, we'll get it together next week. Probably yeah. we're aiming probably towards next week of actually getting it in, and then it probably yeah. takes about another week for them to come in, week or two yeah. to get in. So, but uh, but thank okay. you everybody who bought the shirts. That was amazing how quickly they went and uh. Seriously, it was it was it was awesome, and uh, this yeah. is one of them. This is the, oh, uh, nice. the white one. No, it, it it isn't. It's I really I actually really like the white one. I I actually almost prefer the white one. Yeah, so, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm not responsible with white t-shirts, so I know I know for is. for me. I'm a you'll be eight year old slob. You're I'm the type prob- of person I'm, I feel like I'm, at I'm, a nowhere spaghetti I'm, sauce would be near you. Yeah, from the yeah from <laughs> no like, for no reason at all. Yeah. Or or Tegan had stabbed you. One of the two. Yeah, either way, it's hard to get blood out of a white T-shirt. Blood will be shed. So Absolutely. what we'll do is when we have the shirts situated and then we get the second shirt order in, we will do the live drawing online. Hey, boys. Matt, bring it, ah, baby. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. There it and is. And the Phillies, not yet. Still not the Phillies, but you know what? Matt brings a plus. No, so, Absolutely. Is. But, so You're on the right, we'll, the right direction. And I think I can figure it out where we can do the live drawing. Um with the people who have retweeted the tweet. Okay. So we'll put that tweet back out there, you know, listen, give us a follow and retweet. We got the followers. Now we just need the retweets. And listen, if you get the Phillies to follow us, we'll do a second giveaway. How about yeah. that? If the Phillies follow John Hunter, and they don't even have to follow the diving club podcast. We're working on that. In the we're office. working on me right now. We're working on me. I don't yeah, understand. We're being, what we're being selfish here, baby. We're all being selfish for John. That's all we need. Listen, yeah. All I know we is, need is, me first and then we'll, and then we'll branch out. I got a new Twitter, so I got like 18 followers anyway. I'm not going anywhere yet. So, yeah, until... Like, I'm just happy to be there. Videos. <laughs> you start getting videos of Asian dolls. Um, <laughs> you just have PTSD. Did you, did you, did you just, did you just have to... We were, we were doing so well with nice things being said, and then you just talk about, talk about the dolls and stuff. PTSD. So, no, Matt should take that guy's phone and follow John and get the Phillies to follow I'm him. loving it that, he, that he's in the press box with the guy. Yeah, Force that's a huge W. Force he's down, and he sees them. He's gonna put a word in for me. A little paper airplane down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? That's oh, it. Someone must have from the rafters, and it's, gonna, and it's just gonna say John Hunter. Yeah, it's gonna say at and my my Twitter handle, and that's a picture of wheels. Picture of Chris Wheeler. <laughs> Do you like that picture? That's a great. That's a great. That's a uh, fantastic picture. That's where I'm at now. I'm all about it. But um, um but yeah, boys, uh, great show tonight. With um. With what we were talking about with the t-shirt giveaway, I figured we only have like a couple of white t-shirts left anyway. Why not just wait until we were about to put in another order to do the yeah, giveaway but, anyway? And you can whoever wins the, the giveaway can just pick what color they want and shit instead right. of limiting them to just a white t-shirt. Might as well give exactly. them a choice because we're going to have another. I think we're going to either have a, a gray t-shirt next or a red one, I think, Beautiful. along with if you want the white or uh, the blue ones. I don't know. I, mean, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even see them in person yet because the ones I w- wanted to reserve for myself yeah, and were I sold. Mean, if, you, if you guys are still watching or even hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, hit us up at Philly Sports Alliance, you know, we'll get you your shirt. Like, it's, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I feel like the biggest shirt right now is the Columbia Blue. Everyone's That's loving it. that. Everyone's loving that shirt. It's uh, well, it everyone, everyone likes the retro. The retro Philly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and um, what I should let everybody know, though, is in person. It's the the it's more the Diamond Club logo is more red than it is maroon. So if you were thinking like it would go well with like the old school maroon Phillies hat, it's probably better off with this one, the no, regular Phillies one. Yeah. I don't know, but like I, I just know how some people think the the blue the old school blue did go well with the uh, the maroon, but the, yeah, but this one does have it's blue with red. Just throwing that out there for anybody who wanted to know. Um, but yeah, I got guys a uh, great podcast tonight. We had a, I had a lot of fun tonight. Uh, Matt's the man. It was it was awesome here from Matt Breen. Uh, if anyone didn't know about Matt Breen before you got on here, I'm glad you were able to get exposure to him. He's a smart guy, he, uh, as you could see, and just knows the stuff about the Philadelphia Phillies. And it was awesome. It was uh, so thanks, thanks, thank you, Matt Breen, again for coming on. Uh, yeah. 
like a night off. You had a night off. You didn't have to worry about them. And, and all of a sudden you're sitting here with us. And this is what he does. Like, yeah, you pre- absolutely. You appreciate that a lot. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. That was cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thank you for coming on, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And um, we are out. Phillies follow John Hunter. Let's go. Thank you, lots of rain for the watch. Oh, oh yes, lots of rain. It is. It's hard to – I don't know which way I to put my wrist. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I just tore my rotator cuff. Thanks, La Terrain. <laughs> You're never pitching again. <laughs> but yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for th- thank you to La Terrain. It was awesome. Thank you for uh, there, he is. There, there he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. I got another one upstairs. Great stuff. La Terrain, the watch. Why don't you wear it on the other wrist? <laughs> I was going to, but then I was going to wear sunglasses. The- but we have a, a very professional episode tonight. No, thank no, you for didn't. your support. Thank you for your support. No, thank you. Like it's you guys are great. You know, with the discord out there. You know, make sure you, make sure you hit their website up, their Instagram. You know, they're great guys. They they, they retweet our stuff. We retweet their stuff. So like, they're a good. They're they're a good uh, support system. Both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pro, promo code PSA for ten percent off. So can't beat it. But uh, all right, boys. Uh, right now the Phillies are winning nine five. Mm-hmm. Is it still nine five? Yes, yeah. nine five. Bottom, bottom of the six. Yep. Um, let's hope for a win tonight, boys. Uh. But yeah, we're out. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Matt Breen, again. Thank you, La Terrain. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. We are out. See ya.